Limerick Today now on 46 Hour. So there was a cabinet meeting yesterday morning and we waited and waited and waited and then we brought you some details right at the end of uh, the show. Uh, the Taoiseach spoke, uh, so did the Minister for Health and all the drama around him uh, a bit later on. The Taunished uh, uh, too, as the government launched what everyone said was the reset button. This was where the communications of the last couple of months, a line would be drawn under the issues and the problems. This would be a clear plan that we would all understand. After six months uh, of this pandemic, I understand how we're able to make COVID-19 a part of our past, a lot of our country over the next six months. This is not just about how we will live with the COVID-19 virus, but also how we will work to renew social, economic and cultural life. Six months ago, the world was confronted with a dramatic new pandemic about which we knew little more than the fact that it was deadly and rapidly spreading. As our schools and workplaces closed, people didn't know what to expect. We all felt fear and uncertainty. Through a collective national and international effort, the virus and its impact were first controlled and then reduced significantly. Ireland, just as other countries did, began a process which intended to reopen activities in stages. But as we moved through the summer and away from the lockdown period, something became very clear. The threat posed by the virus continued to change and policies had to change in response. We understand the frustration which people and businesses in particular felt when limits were kept in place or introduced. But without this action, we would have seen even higher levels of infection than we currently have. So that was Taoiseach Michal Martin talking at uh, that much heralded uh, media conference yesterday alongside government colleagues uh, launching the medium-term plan living with uh, COVID. Uh, so what does it mean nationally and what does it mean uh, for uh, Limerick? Uh, D. Ryan is the CEO of Limerick Chamber and she is on uh, the line representing the business community across Limerick and the Midwest, of course. And Adam Higgins is political reporter with the Irish Sun newspaper and he is with us as well. Um, Adam, uh, there's been an awful lot of criticism of the government since they launched this um, yesterday. Um, the headlines and the papers there that I've just read out, shambles is one word and there are lots of uh, others uh, similar to that. But is the media simply being unfair here? Is it just a, a good narrative and good headlines? And is it possible that the government got this right and we just don't want to admit it? Well, as you said in your intro there, Joe, this was heralded as the, the start of the next six to nine months of no confusion, a clear pathway. And straight from the get-go, the government shoots itself in the foot by putting Dublin in this kind of limbo between two and three in the levels. So we were told that this was going to be a clear-cut plan that would let people see exactly like if the, if the cases reach a certain level and if the, it's the 14-day incident rate and the R number and all these different things that we've become used to over the past few months reach a certain level, then counties will move in between these levels these levels from one to five. And straight away, Dublin was thrown in at this kind of what the opposition have called 2.5, where 
there's extra restrictions on Dublin. The cases are clearly a lot more in Dublin than they are everywhere else in the country. And yet we're still on the same level as Limerick and Galway and Roscommon and all these other counties. So they caused confusion straight out the bat by leaving Dublin in the same category as everywhere else when we have such a high incidence rate of the virus. So that's what has caused this kind of mass confusion. And then there was pandemonium in the doll last night when the cabin and all had to self-isolate. The doll was cancelled and then recalled only a short while later. And there was confusion around how that was, that message was put out as well because we didn't know whether some, some, some of the reporters who were at that meeting didn't know whether they had to self-isolate. They were wondering why the entire cabin has to self-isolate, seeing as we've, we had adhered to very strict two-metre rules, and we were all wearing masks and all this sort of stuff. So there was a lot of confusion around this launch yesterday. And as you said at the start, there was a lot on the line for the government here. This was this was supposed to be a, a line in the sand where we were going to get clear messaging from here, and it simply didn't, didn't come that way. Now, these are not necessarily stupid people, in fairness, and there's loads of highly paid communications advisors around them. So was it a political tug of war in the background? Was it just too much for this cabinet um, to contemplate calling this as level three for Dublin with everyone else at level two? Well, one of the the interesting comments I saw after the launch yesterday was from Labour TD Duncan Smith, who put it in black and white and said the government bottled it. The government chickened out from putting Dublin in level three because it was such an enormous thing to do. It would be a, it would be a huge measure to, to try and put one third of the country and say, don't leave the, the county and put these sort of Kildare, awfully leash-like lockdown onto Dublin. But it seems to be that Neffet have been jumping up and down for uh, the past at least two weeks saying that the cases in Dublin are becoming out of control. They're rising and they're rising. And even on Thursday last, we saw Neffet issue advice to the government and then on Friday night the acting CMO Dr Ronan Glynn put out his own statement on Twitter urging the people of Dublin to uh, restrict their movements and, and put out these kind of new guidelines for Dublin that the government didn't pick up on until Tuesday because they seemed to want to leave their announcement about Dublin until the launch which then seemed to backfire because they left Dublin in this bizarre 2.5 situation. And it looks like now that Neffet meet again on Thursday, will advise the, the government uh, on Thursday night, and we could possibly see the government coming out on Friday and putting Dublin into level three uh, of the restrictions in any way. Yes, uh, and again, this is the government that will say uh, that you know, we are not led by Neffet. Neffet advise us, and then we make balanced decisions. And it looks like, if we're to believe all the leaks, and who knows, because some of the leaks about yesterday were totally wrong again, and this happens, uh, you know, the, the people were saying, oh, the weddings will definitely go up to 100, and they stayed at 50, just to take one small example uh, into account. Um, but it feels like uh, they want the cover of Neffet to make the decision because you're dealing with Dublin. Maybe if they were dealing with a smaller county, they would have gone to level three for that county yesterday. In, in the previous Fine Gael-led government, it very much felt like they let uh, Neffet drive the government. They, they let the experts lead the way out of the pandemic, which in the end did work because we drove the virus, we drove the virus back as a country. And, but this time there seems to be, especially from yesterday's launch, there seems to be a degree of separation that the government are trying to put in place between themselves and Neffet. They've started this new board, which is made up of senior civil servants that will 
act as kind of a buffer between the experts and the government. So this board now, which is in place from today, as far as I understand, will take advice from NEFID. NEFID will give the advice to this board now instead of the government directly, and then that board will then dilute the, the information and make it more, I suppose, politically uh, palatable and bring it to the politicians who will then decide what measures need to be taken place. Right. Now, I mean, you're a lovely fellow and all that, Adam Higgins from the Irish Sun, but do you know if you can go on the Adam Higgins Grand Tour of Ireland today or do you have to stay in Dublin? This mixed messaging points yesterday. After the conference, there was no clarity on whether people in Dublin could go away for a staycation in Kildare or Kilkenny or whatever this weekend. And Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, went on the RT News at one and gave an interview where he said, yes, of course, people from Dublin can still travel. There's no restriction. Only a matter of hours later, the Taoiseach was standing up in the doll and answering questions and saying, no, please don't leave Dublin. And then we have the finance minister on the radio again this morning, and he's saying that we don't want people to leave Dublin. And while they're saying they don't want people to leave Dublin, they still haven't put any restriction in. So people are free to leave, but the government is asking them not to in this kind of bizarre limbo situation that Dublin people don't know what to do. I mean, from yesterday on, as soon as the launch finished, my phone was inundated with people from friends and family on, Adam, I don't understand. Can I leave? Can I not? Can I meet up with more than one household of friends? Can I not? Will people be allowed to attend sporting matches in Dublin or not? Or what happens? You know, so there was a lot of mixed messaging and it all did centre around the decision to leave Dublin in between level one and tr- or level two and three. Yeah, and look, you know, it's all good gas, the Dublin versus the rest rivalry and all that nonsense. But, like, the bottom line is that, you know, we, most of us have connections in Dublin, many of them, and obviously it's going to affect the rest of the economy if mm-hmm. Dublin, 1.4 million people, might find themselves in, in real restrictions on movement from the end of the week if they go to level three and the rest of us are in level two. That's going to affect the hospitality sector, you know, the hope for some short breaks, the stay and spend initiative, all of that. Yes, it is. And, and it's, just, it's actually a shame that this uh, issue with Dublin has kind of overshadowed what is relatively a good document. There's a lot of clarity in it. There's, there's a lot of good news for people. If Ireland can reach level one, that we'll be able to, you know, increase indoor gatherings to 100, 200 people can go see a match. Things like that, weddings can increase capacity in weddings, I think up to 100 in level one. There is a lot of good news in that document. That was overshadowed by this bizarre confusion over what was going to happen to Dublin. Finally then, you know, is this just another misstep, what happened yesterday in the controversies, that the government will get over? Or is this government in genuine trouble now? This government has kind of been on a slippery slope since they started. It has never been... They they haven't had a good news story by reopening the schools in a long time. And... We've had ministers falling every couple of months, and now we have this mixed messaging that's dominated the entire pandemic response since Fianna Fáil have taken charge. And I think one thing that's interesting about the whole thing is that Fianna Gael seems to be getting off scot-free while, you know, the T-shirt goes and performs well at press conferences. They don't seem to be getting any of the, the mud thrown at them that Fianna Fáil are over the mixed messaging, which is interesting because they're an equal partner in government. So I think if criticism starts coming in for Fianna Gael as well as Fianna Fáil. Will we see divide between the two main leading parties? What will happen with the Greens? 
if they start getting stick over some of the mistakes that have been made, it's going to be an interesting time going forward. Whether this government makes it all the way to one to the two and a half a year mark when the Taoiseachs rotate, or whether they can make it all the way through the five years is, is anyone's guess. Right. Well, look, Adam, we obviously are breathing a sigh of relief in Limerick. We were very much in focus alongside Dublin for further restrictions. We didn't get them yesterday. I will say, though, I'm aware that there's an advertising campaign from the Department of the Taoiseach specifically targeting Limerick here on Live 95 uh, today. So it suggests that we're not completely out of the woods. And obviously, Dublin is looking maybe at uh, moving to full level three at the end of the week. Um, Adam Higgins of the Irish Sun and the Sun.ie political reporter. Thank you very much for joining us. We're going to take a break and after that we will uh, chat to Dee Ryan who is uh, the Chief Executive of Limerick Chamber representing business and Councillor Bridie Collins uh, who uh, runs uh, along with her husband Sean Collins Bar in Adair. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Mary has WhatsApped us about house parties taking place in Limerick. Uh, if it happens to be students, then they should be kicked out for their flouting public health guidelines. Uh, and uh, Angela says, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised that the health minister could have a COVID test and get results within just a few hours. Everyone else has to wait days. Also, Dublin should have been treated the same as the other countries earlier in the month. It's an absolute disgrace. They should have put Dublin in level three. The government are being um, nonsensical, but what's new? If it were any other county, they would be already in level three. Philip says, uh, morning, Joe. Stephen Donnelly announced around six o'clock he wasn't feeling well. Had a test and result back by nine. Why can't the rest of us get that rapid turnaround? Also, they're telling us that this COVID thing takes 14 days to manifest itself. So him saying he's not feeling well and then the building was emptied. What a joke all this is. Um, Listener says, uh, why, if people in Dublin are advised to stay within their county, are they allowed to leave the country? Yeah, that was suggested uh, last night. Um, uh, Joe, I've no confidence in this government and uh, the numbers allowed at uh, a match, uh, 100 or up to 200 in a stadium with a minimum capacity of 5,000. So that would be the likes of Thoman Park or the Gaelic Grounds here in Limerick. That's a, a joke. Uh, 100 probably from each club that are playing and the neutral match goer won't get into a game for months. Well, we're very conscious of that, which is why we're providing as many commentaries as we possibly can at the moment here on Live 95 on the air and uh, online. Um, and uh, I do take your point about uh, the frustration. I believe actually they have amended it in one important respect. It doesn't appear to include, as it did up to now, in the 100 or 200, uh, the squads and uh, the officials. Um, it, it appears to be genuinely a, a hundred or two hundred uh, spectators, depending on the size of uh, the ground. So uh, let's hear locally from Dee Ryan. Uh, she is the chief executive of Limerick Chamber, the business organisation in Limerick and the Midwest, and Councillor Bridie Collins, who, with her husband, uh, runs Sean Collins Bar in um, Adair. Um, Dee, was it a shambles or are we overstating it? Joe, I'm going to stick my neck out here now and say it was uh, it was unfortunate that the confusion, um, the mixed messages on Dublin has overshadowed the portrayal of what, having gone through it uh, last night, is a strong framework uh, to my mind uh, for communicating the different levels of restrictions the government wants us to take in our behaviour according to the different levels of prevalence of the virus within our communities. Most importantly for me, this uh, this uh, framework for, for managing our response 
allows us to regionalize the approach. And that's critical because it means that we will have an opportunity to progress um, to different levels here in the Midwest and the West, depending on how good we are at keeping our counties COVID clean. Yeah. And, now, and now, mind you, that is only one more level down. We're at level two. And even level one is restrictive compared to our pre-COVID lives. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just well, we are living with the pandemic, um, but uh, compared to you know the the initial lockdown level one, I think is, is is an ample prize. I mean, there's the opportunity for for more cultural and social events to take place, and for people to experience as. Uh, as enhanced uh, a new normal life as possible. Look, I, I would be... But uh, just to be clear, though, I mean, at the moment, unfortunately, in Level 2, and there's no prospect of Limerick mm-hmm. moving from Level 2 except possibly upwards, certainly not downwards, a lot of industries can't function on, on the numbers. I mean, even the numbers at weddings, you know, again, and this is really part of the problem here, uh, government uh, people are telling one thing to the media and then it turns out to be something else. For example, the weddings. People say, oh yeah, the weddings definitely go up to 100. But it didn't. It stays at 50 at level two. Yeah, yeah they, they did. They did stay at 50 for weddings. Um, however, within uh, a business environment, uh, like a training event or conferences, they have allowed in Per, in settings where physical distancing can be accommodated up to 100. So I know a lot of our hotel members will be pleased to hear that news coming through. Look, Joe, it, there's no doubt it's ve- it's a complex document. There's a lot of detail in it. But I think that detail is to be welcomed because it gives us very clear um, uh, expectations. It mainly helps us to manage our expectations for what's possible. And remember, these measures are, are they're not intended to punish us. These are measures intended to... Uh, to help lower the transmission, the risk of transmission of the virus and to help protect us all. And I think that it's also important to remember that uh, underlying all of this, government has asked at all levels, if you can work from home, please continue to do so. So, you you know, we need to bear that in mind as well um, when we're going through it. The other thing is that uh, Limerick was very much in focus alongside Dublin last week. There were repeated warnings. As I said, there's actually another new ad campaign starting here on Live 95 uh, today from the Department of the Taoiseach. Again, specifically talking about what people in Limerick need to do. Are we out of the woods, do you think, compared to Dublin or not? I don't think, well, I think we have to be vigilant as a country. Everybody has to be vigilant until we get a vaccine. So we're not out of the woods until a vaccine is widely available. Um, I think certainly what happened in the Dáil yesterday evening is a reminder to all employers and to business owners that it's very, now is a really good time for us all to take back out and review and recirculate the procedures that we agreed and that we put in place before we reopened our workplaces for how to handle a case of COVID in, in the in your work environment, um, and certainly um, at level two, we need to be aware. That what are what are we expected to do? Uh, every worker, or sorry, every employer had to put that set of policies and procedures in place with the return to work safety protocol back in back in May and June before you reopened your office. So I'd be encouraging everyone and certainly we'll be reminding our members today that now is a good time to take back out those documents and to recirculate them to your teams so that there's certainty on how to behave in the event of a suspected case. And I bet chatting to your members that uh, if they haven't had positive cases they've had a number of near misses in recent weeks and months. We haven't heard too many. We um, haven't heard too many reports, thankfully, uh, Joe. I mean, it, it is uh, coming up. But because people, largely speaking, office workers have been staggering their um, 
their time within their workplaces. So most people are going are remote uh, operations first and giving people access into their workplaces on one or two days a week. So they're keeping a careful log of what days people were in. And that means that there could be a, a lag of up to five days or, you know, or, or four days between someone having been in an office and experiencing symptoms. So that allows for a more um, managed approach to to checking who was in contact with that person and managing it. OK, we're talking to Dee Ryan, who is the Chief Executive of Limerick Chamber, and Councillor Bridie Collins, who runs uh, Sean Collins Bar in Adair uh, with her husband, is on the line as well. Uh, they have been open because they serve food uh, in recent months. Um, Bridie, um, again, you might have to ask yourself the question, why did the government decide two weeks ago to say that wet pubs would open on the 21st of September and now they leave Dublin wet pubs closed and pubs around the rest of the country including Limerick due to open well there was no surprise to me when yesterday when they said that the pubs in Dublin wouldn't close because that message has been out in the media for the last number of weeks um, since they opened or since they discussed opening the pubs on the 21st of September but the difficulty is they, annou- they announced it though Bridie I mean they said yeah, the, pub, I, the pubs yeah. were going to why did they do that I mean I it made absolutely no sense, no sense at the time uh, to, to I, announce that they were going to open wet pubs when it was clear that you couldn't make that statement two weeks no, out No I, I heard from the very beginning that Dublin it was doubtful that the pubs in Dublin would open that is not that wasn't a surprise to me when I heard that yesterday uh, you know, that was... Yeah, that, that was not the... Was that, wait a second, Noreen. That wasn't the official government line, though. The, the official was, government line was I, they were going to open all wet the pub, pubs. pubs. But with the caveat that if the numbers didn't decrease, that the pubs in Dublin would remain closed. And there was enough messages, and we're hearing those messages in Limerick, and Dee alluded to those as well, that there are, and you have said it yourself, there's enough messages out there telling us we need to be careful. Dublin had those messages as well. Obviously, the message, people chose to either ignore it or say it didn't apply to them. The numbers have gone up, and this is the result. The result is that the wet, wet pubs will be closed. We have we are being told in Limerick, you must watch your movements. You must watch your hand hygiene and coffin etiquette, and you must keep your distance and be careful about your, your uh, contacts. Keep your contacts low. That is what we're being told. We are in phase two, but we are being told that we need to mind what we're doing. And that was what that message was cl- delivered loud and clear to everybody in Dublin. And the result is that now that Dublin quite possibly at the weekend will move into phase three if the numbers don't go down. So I'm not hearing any difficulty in that in, in hearing that message. The message I'm hearing is you're in phase two. You need to watch what you're doing or you will be in phase three. And that will mean that all pubs, be it uh, um, food or not, will be closed. We will be doing takeaway only. Yeah. The the other thing then is, are the wet pubs on a hiding to nothing here, those that can open in Limerick and around the country next week? Because every time now there is a spike from Monday onwards, unfortunately and probably unfairly, the finger is going to be pointed at the wet pubs. Oh, well, they're open now, so look at how the numbers went up. When it might, in fairness, be connected at all. Look, I think that the pubs, are all the pubs, are the controversial thing. It's the fact that you've got, like, Dee's been talking about an office, I'm just trying to make the, exa- the, the comparison. Dee's been talk- talking about an office situation or a workplace situation. You're dealing with the same people day in and day out to the, for the most part. When you open the door of the pub, you unless they have booked and you know who's coming in, once the wet pubs are open, 
you, well, they're advising to book, but that isn't traditionally what has happened, okay? People will come and go um, in a sort of uh, ad hoc sense, all right? It's the not knowing who's coming through the door. You know, they're supposed to stay for 105 minutes. That's, that's all supposed to remain. Um, you know, so it's when you're in an office setting, it's more controlled. You know who's coming. You know your staff. You know, uh, you know, set, you can set up appointments and it can be very, very controlled. In pub situations, it's, it is slightly different. So I, it, the, I can see why the pubs will be the first target because they're probably generally deemed to be you know, and not an extravagance, but an unnecessary part of normal life. Now, that is the debate. The debate is where do we, particularly in rural settings, where the pub is the nub or the centre for socialising. And I'm not talking about mad drinking socialising. I'm talking about socialising where you can meet your friends. You may not have spoken to anybody all day. You come down, you want to have a pint, you want to sit around the counter and you want to talk to your friends. That is a very important part of rural life. And yes, I would but say... It's, counters, it's, just to be technical about it, counters won't be allowed, will they? You'll have to sit. Oh, you have to sit, exactly. Sorry, yes. My mistake. To I, That wasn't the mess. I was talking about before COVID, that that would have been the tradition, to sit around the, the counter. That isn't going to happen anymore. The counter situation isn't going to be there. But it's sitting around the table as such with people. And that is a very in- integral part of rural community. And that is the biggest loss. I mean, the pub closing is a sort of a technicality. It's the rest of it that is going to be missed much, much more. The socialising, the somewhere to meet, you know, the whole centre of the village to talk about the hurling match or to talk about, you know, the the soccer match or whatever it is. You know, that is going to be sadly missed. And I do understand, though, why that, although it's hard to take, because we're sort of sitting here going, well, when are we going to go into, into phase three or are we going to go into phase three? And I do think that Limerick is very close to that call. And that is why we're getting the targeted messages. Please mind where you're going. Please mind who you meet. Mind the two metres around you. Let the next person mind the two metres around them. If the virus can't jump between hosts, it will not spread. Right. You know, okay. that, that is the basic oh, message. Oh, okay, okay. Well, listen, thank you both very much for chatting to us. Um, a listener says, is there any chance that Joe can stop interrupting people and let them speak? It's so annoying. Uh, listen, people get a fair shake here. You know, I mean, I do have to ask the occasional uh, question. So, sorry about that. Listen, you can come in here and have a go yourself if uh, if you want to know about it. Um, thank you very much uh, to um, Deirdre O'Connor from... Cro- uh, sorry, not Deirdre O'Connor, uh, Bridie Collins um, uh, from uh, Sean Collins Bar in Adair and the CEO of Limerick Chamber, D Ryan, for joining us. More to come. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.